You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Viking Age podcast this is the official podcast of the VikingAge.com. My name is Chris Shad. I'm a writer for the Viking Age Zone coverage and bring me the news. And we do this every Monday with a late week episode right here on the Viking Age YouTube channel. And we're in podcast form on Apple and Spotify the very next day. But however you consume us, make sure you rate, comment, like, and subscribe so you never miss a new episode and we can spread the word to the masses Today's guest, you can see him on the screen. He's had his boots on the ground covering the Vikings beat since 2016. He writes for Purple Insider and hosts the Purple Insider podcast. You can find some of his work over at Bring Me the News. His name is Matthew Collar. Matthew, what's going on, man? Chris, you have at least three or four other places that you write, I'm sure. Uh, (laughs) You're going to need to cut down that intro with uh, listing all of your jobs. I, I know I am. I'm, I'm everywhere. I, I mean, you know, some people, they can just cover one sport. Me, I got South Dakota state football, which just won their second straight national title. We got South Dakota state men's and women's basketball. We got the Vikings. We got the twins. We got the wild, um, you know, the South Dakota, they, they do win championships here. I did see what that is like, but uh, as far as most of the Minnesota teams I write about, you know, mediocrity is a thing. We like our mediocre sports teams, right? Yeah, I was going to say, you're going to have to tell me about it because uh, since I've been here in town, the only team to raise a trophy was the Minnesota Lynx. And then, unfortunately, I only caught the tail end of the dynasty since moving here. So I saw the championship and then Maya Moore retired and it hasn't been quite the same since. Sort of a tale as old as time uh, for Uh, Minnesota sports teams having a great player leave before you expect them to and then not being as successful as you thought they were going to be. So (laughs) it does happen a lot here. And the Lynx are a little bit of a misnomer, too, because they are willing to tear things down and rebuild. You know, Maya Moore retires, Lindsey Whalen retires, Sylvia Fowles retires, and then they go through the draft and they get high draft picks and they take those players and they develop them. I don't know. Maybe a team could learn from that strategy. I, I you know, of anyone, I, all of them, they all, well, I, I will say, uh, Royce Lewis was the number one overall pick. So yes. we have to, we do have to give him that. 
uh, for the Twins. Weird, he's really talented. I, I'm shocked. Um, but you are right about the links that they had a sort of a rebuilding uh, couple last couple of years, picking Diamond Miller number two. And again, not shockingly, very talented. And then uh, this year, they probably got too much out of Diamond Miller and Nafisa Collier, another player that they drafted pretty high and developed into a star and just missed out on the next draft, which is potentially going to have Caitlin Clark and Paige Becker. So in a way, their previous drafting was too good, and they drafted themselves out of the, the potential draft here. So, uh, you know, anyway, it's, uh, it, it is a theme among Minnesota sports teams of always kind of scratching and clawing, always feeling like you're just that close. And then, hey, we got to give the Timberwolves their credit, too. Their two biggest stars were drafted, let's see, Number one and um, number one, also number one. So uh, it, that that seems to finally be coming along. You know, it doesn't always work, and the Timberwolves can show you that. But when we look around, even in these playoffs, the Houston Texans turned around pretty quickly. The Detroit Lions turned around pretty quickly. And I don't think there was ever an argument for the Vikings to try to win two games as long as they had Justin Jefferson. But there's an understanding, I think, among people who really study the game that it's it's about everything's about timelines, right? That you are either uh, like right there in a situation where you try to go full Rams, as Quasi Adafo Mensa once said, and you put all your assets into trying to win that year because it's in your Super Bowl window and you screw up your salary cap for the future because who cares, right? You're trying to win right now. You got the team to win right now and it's hard to win. And then there are teams that clearly are not going to be in that conversation that do not be honest with themselves, right? They don't help their salary cap. They don't move out assets and they get stuck in the middle. And that's pretty much what the Vikings have been. And then there are teams who get to a point where they say, all right, we are so far away from a Super Bowl that we have to trade away assets. We have to load up on draft picks and we have to completely rebuild this thing. That's what a team like the Detroit Lions did. And turns out that it doesn't take forever to rebuild in the NFL. So uh, it is an interesting dynamic that seems to be pervasive, not just uh, with the, you know, the Vikings, but kind of all teams uh, around these parts. And you mentioned the Vikings. We'll dive right into that right now. We met up a year ago, right after the Super Bowl, and we talked about how important the offseason was. The Vikings had all these assets you know, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, Eric Kendricks, they had to cut him to create salary cap space and it was going to be a huge offseason. One year later, it seems like we're going into an even bigger offseason. So let's just start out here. How much important is this offseason for this current regime compared to where we were last year? Yeah, and I think what we were just talking about, the Vikings do deserve a lot of credit for what they did last offseason. And if you look at how those players performed, were you a Eric Hendricks away from the Super Bowl? Were you a Delvin Tomlinson signing away from the Super Bowl? Like probably not, right? I mean, if they had kept everybody and messed up their salary cap for years to come and Kirk Cousins pops his Achilles, like how much different is this year? Maybe, maybe a couple wins potentially, but I'm not even entirely sure about that. Uh, and so that's the risk you take when you do that. When you go all in is if your quarterback gets hurt, uh, you're in a lot of trouble. So they understood last offseason that overpaying those players to stick around, older guys who were not in their prime anymore, where injuries would be a risk, declining play like we saw from Delvin Cook would be a major risk, and took a 13-win team largely apart with a lot of the players that had shaped that team. And I, I think that you know we sort of saw it happen 
in a trickle rather than a splash. So it was like, first it was this guy, then a few weeks later, it's that guy. And then it got to OTAs and it was Delvin Cook and that kind of completed it. But it was a very bold approach. I can't think of too many teams that win 13 games and then remove a lot of the key pieces of the 13 win team. But then again, when you look at how all those guys played, it's really hard to make an argument that they would have made this team wildly different than the players who replaced them. So uh, that makes me think that from the start, when Kwesi Adafo Mensah and Kevin O'Connell got here, that they had already planned that, that that was already what they knew they were going to have to do. So now my question for this offseason is, where did this exist in the plan? It seems like it existed as the year to draft a quarterback, but how much did Kirk Cousins play under Kevin O'Connell? How much did Kirk Cousins' likability increasing tenfold over the last two years? How much did those things play in? Because everything else pointed to the plan to be moving on this year, including not extending him uh, after last season. Again, a bold thing to do. A guy wins 13 games and you don't extend him, but it ends up looking good now because they have flexibility. So your question was how important is the offseason? I mean, it's it will shape the future of the franchise for many years to come. I mean, if they sign Cousins, that's one path. If they draft a quarterback, then everything rests on the success or failure of that quarterback. And that means people's job security. It means future of the franchise, how you can build, where you can be. Uh, when you have a quarterback decision to make, these things, they change the history of the NFL. I mean, think about, I was just watching a playoff game with Drew Brees for the Saints. And I thought, you know, the Miami Dolphins decided to sign Dante Culpepper instead of Drew Brees once upon a time. And boy, it sent those two franchises in different directions, right? So we are we are uh, on the precipice of one of those types of moments for this team. Yeah, and I, I was going to ask personally if you had heard that Kirk Cousins was a free agent because, I mean, it's kind of a well-kept secret. It seemed to have made its way to you, so I won't go that far. But with Kirk Cousins, it seems like two years ago, like you mentioned, the Vikings' plan was to move on to him. They sat down for a contract negotiation. Kirk wanted more money into 2025. The Vikings apparently said no, and it just seemed like this was the end of the year. You know, it, it even felt that way, like, in training camp, like everybody was kind of like, all right, this is it with Kirk last ride. Here we go. And then he gets hurt in that Packers game and things change. What do you think has been the biggest change for Kirk Cousins since he went down with that injury that could make the Vikings want to keep him? Yeah. You know, it's kind of funny how uh, things work, right? Like how our impressions are shaped and with Kirk Cousins, uh, nobody was a bigger winner than Kirk Cousins watching Josh Dobbs, uh, quickly burn out after a hot start and Nick Mullins throw 11 interceptions or whatever it was in a couple of games. I mean, it just, the that's not the exact number, but it was a lot. And like, it, as you're watching, you're thinking, man, you know, these games are close. Mullins throws a pick at the end of the Lions game, actually the end of both Lions games. He throws a couple picks against Cincinnati. Like there could have been three wins if you didn't throw those interceptions. And uh, also, the last time you saw Kirk Cousins, he played two spectacular games in a row and really seemed to be cooking with that offense and an offensive line that was blocking for him effectively, maybe for the first time since he's been here on a consistent basis. And the imagination runs wild. Like he was, he won those games without even Justin Jefferson and what could it have been and so forth. And I think that has greatly influenced the way that a lot of people see this decision, but maybe potentially even the team, the coach, the owners, 
Like that stuff matters. I mean, we, I guess would like to think like, no, they're cold and calculated and none of this stuff happens. And no, it does though. I mean, it's kind of like how everybody's draft evaluation should have probably been set on Michael Penix before he played in the college playoff. And if he had lost to Texas, he might've been drafted higher and the league would say, no, 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 we would never, but they would. And we've (laughs) seen that happen before where, you know, certain events are a tipping point for a team to make a decision. So if the Vikings do bring Kirk Cousins back, we're really going to look at San Francisco and Green Bay in those two games and say that's where it happened. Not only that, but I I think Netflix is a part of this as well, that the documentary taking people behind the scenes. I think that Kirk Cousins' relationship with Kevin O'Connell and the way that O'Connell has empowered him in a lot of ways. And also, you know, he was our media good guy of the year this year, more, I think, comfortable and open than he's been before. And I, I think that's directly connected to the coach, to the response from fans, which has changed quite a bit uh, since the Mike Zimmer era. And all those things combined make it still possible that Kirk Cousins could be here despite everything beforehand looking like it was shaping up for this to be the last year of Kirk Cousins. But, you know, on the same, you know, by the same token, everything really did shape up this way. And the general manager had a plan. And I imagine the general manager also has a price that he will not go above and that the Wilfs won't go above. And I think Kirk Cousins has a price that he won't go below. And Kirk Cousins saying to us at the end of the year, it's not about the dollars, but what the dollars represent, I thought was sound like something that maybe Wu-Tang Clan wrote, but it was, uh, I, I mean, really true though, right? I mean, sure, Kirk Cousins doesn't need to put more money in his pocket, but if you're going to say I should take 15 million more than Daniel Jones, then the answer is absolutely no. And he also said the league needs quarterbacks and he's right. Look around, look at the landscape. How many teams would be interested in a slightly used Kirk cousins to be the final piece. So there is many, many dynamics at play here with this decision. And as of right now, we really have no idea which way it's going to go. I like, I like what you mentioned with the Wu Tang clan, because as soon as I heard that quote, I felt like it was like the lead to a Kirko chains album. Just like you got the picture of him shirtless with the chains and you have that up there. Like, it's not about the dollars. It's about what they represent. I got a chain on my neck. I make defenses repent. It's my John Cena thugonomics degree coming into play there. But, wow. um, you know, you mentioned something else about how certain events kind of shape things. And I've been thinking about this all week when it comes to the Kirk Cousins decision, because on Monday we had the great Kirk Cousins debate of 2024. And I brought up the point that maybe this front office and this ownership kind of failed them by not committing to this whole rebuild thing sooner. Because if you go back to 2022, we alluded to it a little bit. You had Thielen, you had Kenricks, you had Cook, you had all these guys that still had some value. You weren't going to get first round picks for them like Madden, but maybe you had a third round pick. Maybe it's a fifth round. Maybe you get a seventh round pick in there and you build draft capital for a class that has been salivated on by several draft scouts for the past year and a half. Now, you know, you keep Kirk cousins, you sign him to the same deal. You bring the main pieces of this team back. Maybe you win seven and eight games, but you're in the hunt, which seems to be the Wolves ultimate goal. And if that happens, 
You have a higher draft pick in last year's draft. Hey, this Anthony Richardson guy looks pretty good. Hey, Arizona, would you like the eighth overall pick and, you know, some loose change here? And they would say, absolutely. So you take Anthony Richardson, Josh Dobbs, Nick Mullins, and Jaron Hall, preferably never happened. Maybe you have Puka Nakua instead of Jordan Addison. And this this decision is a lot easier because either you keep Kirk with a better supporting cast that is cheaper or you turn the keys over to Anthony Richardson or whomever the Vikings like. So my question for you is, did Vikings ownership kind of fail Kirk Cousins in that moment? Or should they, did they do the right thing by pushing ahead, kind of going with the Mike Zimmer was the problem tour and trying to win those games in 2022? Yeah, that's a tough one because when you win 13 games and you have the Buffalo game, the Indianapolis comeback, things like that, and Kevin O'Connell getting instant credibility as a head coach within that locker room, I think that those things are valuable. You, we can't just say, well, it didn't matter at all. Uh, but was it worth it versus did it matter are two different conversations. Was it worth it to be a, I don't like using the word fraudulent, but I would say a bit of a smoke and mirrors type of team that had a negative point differential was probably more like a nine and eight type of team with what they put out there. And Hey, look uh, again, if they hire Brian Flores at that point to be the defensive coordinator, maybe it's not a nine and eight team, but that's what it was. And uh, as far as their caliber of strength, and then you lose to a pretty mediocre, what was it? Nine, seven and one New York giants team. Uh, it had a lot of fun memories along the way, but it was not worth it. And had they arrived and rebuilt, uh, and like you're saying, rebuilt doesn't have to be tank. Uh, just the, I like to call it living in reality, living in the reality that you couldn't really compete for a Super Bowl uh, with that, the roster that you had. And a lot of things had to go right to even be where they were. Um, so, you know, if they had rebuilt at that point, considering the division, they might have still won the division. But I also think about the Carolina Panthers. They end up with the number one overall pick. They traded up from number nine. It was not unreachable to get to the top of that draft. And I think they tacked on just one extra first and a player, which, you know, I don't know if the Vikings could have beaten that offer or how much it would have impacted them. But you start the wheels turning or maybe, you know, they draft an edge rusher at the top and wait until this year to make the draft pick and continue a slower type of approach. I mean, there's a lot of different things you could say, well, they should have done this or they should have done that. Uh, I was in favor of moving on from the group of players who hadn't achieved much uh, since 2017 and bringing in all new roster and so forth. And they waited one extra year to do it. And honestly, I mean, if they end up with their quarterback and they have oodles of cap space by 2025 and build around the foundational pieces like Jordan Addison, Josh Metellus, Cam Bynum, Christian Derrissaw, younger players who are going to be here for a while, and of course, Justin Jefferson, then this will have worked out brilliantly. I mean, it will work out exactly the way that it was plotted out. The, I think, concern would be that if they get too excited about how Kirk Cousins was playing against San Francisco and Green Bay, and they bring him back, regardless of the price, because the price is going to be high no matter what. Baker Mayfield has a $1.7 million cap hit this year. It's not going to be that. It's yeah. going to be something big. And then the pressure is on for everybody to win. And I am reminded of other seasons such as 2018 and 2021, where you go into the season saying, if you aren't in the NFC championship, then you have failed and you're probably fired. 
And uh, I don't know if the front office is ready to do that when you look at a defense that probably needs about seven starters. Yeah, I, I see. I, I don't know where this team goes. And that that's part of my problem. We'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. But, you know, a lot of people are sitting here saying, well, you just bring Kirk back and then you draft a first round quarterback. OK, do you not realize that uh, the head of the negotiating table, Mike McCartney, also realizes this and might put, hey, we want guaranteed money in 2025 or we want a no trade clause or something like that. And even then, like th- there's not a direction with this team. Like if the Vikings were to go with a rookie quarterback, would they be completely screwed? Or if they don't go with Kirk, you know, who are some options that are like legitimate? I mean, there's a Russell Wilson rumor out there right now. I'm sure there's some other quarterbacks that would be available. Who would fit this team as constructed right now? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I also love that uh, Mike McCartney is some sort of like superhero slash supervillain yes. in Minnesota. It just this uh, he he's just a regular agent, but he's very good at his job, and uh, he has gotten his client a lot. And you make a great point about drafting a first round quarterback. If you were the Packers and you were competing for Super Bowls with Aaron Rodgers, well developing a quarterback, that's quite different than a team that's stumbled around in the middle and is trying to do the same thing because Brian Gutekunst knew that he was going to have job security. And so did Matt LaFleur because Aaron Rodgers was going to win 13 games for them. And then as soon as Rodgers fell off, they had their plan. That's not what you have here. What you have here is a massive body of work of not going deep in the playoffs. Baker Mayfield now has more home playoff wins in his career than Kirk Cousins does. There's not a lot of success there from a team perspective. From an individual perspective, Kirk Cousins has been the best possible version of himself and put up really great numbers, but that doesn't mean that it works for the franchise at that moment, which circles back to timelines, right? Even having the right quarterback at the right timeline. That's why Detroit moved on from Stafford, not because he's terrible, but because it didn't fit their timeline. Uh, I know it's a little bit of a tangent here, but you know those those things make a difference. And if they were going to try to draft a first-round quarterback, if I'm Cousins, I'm like, so we're not going to try to win. And I believe Kirk Cousins said when he was asked about where he wanted to go, he said the first thing has to be winning. And I guess if I'm Mike McCartney, I'm sitting down at the table with the Vikings and saying, here's your roster. I've circled all the holes in red pen and I see a lot of red pen. Explain to me how we're going to win because there's other teams that have a better case for that that want Kirk Cousins. So even from his perspective, I don't think this is a great fit. But to your point, I mean, there's Baker Mayfield is an example. There's always some guys who have been starting quarterbacks in the league that could be just in case quarterback. Personally, I think it's fine if a rookie comes in and starts. I mean, Michael Penix has played a ton of football. Let's say it's him. And let's say there are are stumbles along the way. Well, that's okay. I mean, earlier this year, and I know he's not a rookie, but a first year starter, Jordan Love, he ran into some problems um, in the middle of the year, especially the first time he saw Brian Flores' defense. Do you think that Green Bay feels sad about that right now? Like uh, even CJ Stroud, like he got injured in the middle of the year and he's gotten beat up at times and he's had losses at times and he's fought through it. Uh, So there's always going to be a risk that the rookie's not ready to play or the rookie is bad or whatever, like bad things can happen when you sign a free agent or when you bring back Kirk or whatever, bad things can always happen. But as far as the odds play, uh, you know, I think that it's better to bring in the rookie and, and let him play, let him work through those things, give him everything you possibly can with receivers, offensive line, which they already have in place, and then see what happens. And if he doesn't succeed, that's where you have to have like a Jacoby Brissett 
or a Marcus Mariota or somebody like that who is on hand because, as you said, like they're not a team that just wants to completely fall apart and win four games or something like that. But I, I, I would be completely fine with letting a rookie just step in and, and see what happens. You know, one idea that you could bring a rookie in for is just be like, hey, do you see 18 over there? He's really good. You might have heard of him. His name is Justin Jefferson. And we think you should throw the ball to him like a lot. Um, I logged on to Twitter this morning or X or whatever you want to call it. And there was a lot of talk about trading Justin Jefferson this morning. First of all, this is what happens when you don't make the playoffs. Like people just kind of get bored and they go, so what can we do here? How about what if we traded Justin Jefferson ducks? Um, he's going to want a crazy amount of money, maybe become the highest paid non quarterback in the NFL right now. What should the Vikings do here? Like is trading him like a knee jerk move or do you use those picks to rebuild this roster that has a whole bunch of holes? Like what do you do here with Justin? Yeah, for me, this is the easiest decision in the world. You put down a contract that Justin Jefferson wants to sign and he puts his name on it. And then we all go forward with our lives. I mean, there's just no universe where I would trade one of the greatest players in the world because Here's the thing about that. Like draft picks are great. Uh, I remember the Vikings using some of their draft picks on Laquan Treadwell and Mike Hughes and et cetera. So the, those don't always work out. Um, but it's we're not talking about a Herschel Walker trade. We're not talking about someone who lacks value and robbed the other team. We're talking about one of the most valuable position players in the NFL. Somebody that played half the season and ended up with a thousand yards. A guy who put them in position to potentially win a couple games with when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Nick Mullins, who is a very borderline NFL quarterback. I mean, the uh, I see the XFL and the USFL restarted. I mean, would you be shocked if Nick Mullins ends up there? And that's no disrespect. This guy has made every bit of an NFL career out of his talent that he possibly could. And super professional player. So I have the utmost respect for him. But that guy threw for 400 yards twice because Justin Jefferson, period. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I think that what he does everything is about what you can make out of your quarterback, right? If you go back to 2015, every team to make the Super Bowl is a top five expected points added passing team. I think except the Bengals may have been seventh or eighth or something, but there's like one team that's not, and they were still great. And that's the league. Like who passes better wins more games. And you have to have all those other things for sure. You can't have the worst defense in the world and so forth. If you're going to really compete for a championship, but who supports their quarterback best usually wins. And I mean, you don't have to look far for that. 
uh, people are downgrading Brock Purdy's uh, ability because he's got so much good stuff around him. Please give me the team and the quarterback where people say he's overrated because he has too much around him. I'll take that all day long. Thank you. That would be wonderful, actually, because then you've reached the point where your supporting cast uh, doesn't even need perfect quarterback play in order to be a Super Bowl contender. We saw that from Philadelphia last year with them trading for A.J. Brown. We saw it from Miami. They had a disappointing end, but they led the league in passing, and I'm sure that there's uh, no coincidence with Tyreek Hill uh, and Tua playing much better, right? So for me, it's everything in the game is how much can you build around the quarterback, and then you can figure out the defensive side. Now, that doesn't mean that you can have a mediocre defense, in my opinion. I think you got to have a really good one, but it's, I think, easier to find that than it is the best player at his position in the league. And look, just look at Super Bowl team. Look at all the Super Bowl teams. You know what you're going to see? All pros, Hall of Famers, greats. You don't need just guys. You need greats. Aaron Donald wins the Super Bowl. Jerry Rice wins the Super Bowl. Like that, This is the type of player that wins the Super Bowl. I, I'm not that worried about the cap hit unless they bring back Kirk and then you've got a huge quarterback hit and then everything else as well. Yeah, if they do bring back Kirk, like what what do you think happens? Because you got Justin Jefferson, he needs a new deal. Daniel Hunter needs a new deal. Uh the free agent pool, I wrote down a couple of names. Dalton Reisner, Jordan Hicks, KJ Osborne, uh the best third tight end in the world, Johnny Munt, also free agents and then you have Harrison Smith as well. He's got a $14 million cap hit, which by the way, you did write a huge article on Harrison Smith for uh, Purple Insider that I recommend everybody check out. But, you know, in this group, like if they bring Kirk Cousins back, how much do you think goes out the window? And then you got to even, you know, you got even more holes. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's not impossible to find cap space to be able to compete for free agents and so forth. The issue is that they have signed players who've actually been good signings for them around Kirk in this similar situation, like Delvin Tomlinson, Zadarius Smith was very good. Patrick Peterson was very good. But how often is one signing the difference between or two signings, the difference between not making the Super Bowl and making the Super Bowl, right? So all those guys that they were able to bring in, Delvin Tomlinson's a great player and they ranked 27th in defense or something, right? I mean, because it's on the defensive side, it's about your weaknesses and their weakness was scheme, but let's not pretend it was all scheme. They couldn't rush the passer from the inside. Their nickel corner was an abomination. They really, they really struggled in other areas than just like Ed Donatel. And part of it is because they didn't have a truly great defensive roster and they should have been better. There's no question. They should have been better. He deserved to be fired. I just mean that the difference was probably, you know, maybe 18th versus 27th as opposed to, I mean, they were playing Cam Dantzler who was getting smoked all the time. I mean, the corners were, were a real mess still outside of Patrick Peterson. I mean, it was not a Super Bowl caliber defense and that's kind of the point, right? Is so you can bring back Kirk and you can extend Jefferson. You can kick money down the road and you can go into free agency saying we're going to put a ton of money into these free agents. But how many of them could truly swing the fate of the defense, the fate of the franchise, right? I mean, OK, so like even if you get a top guy, Christian Wilkin, like he's great. But now you need like five other guys. Yeah. I mean, you if you look at San Francisco, you look at Kansas City, you look at Baltimore, go through everything they have. It's every level that they have good players and then usually depth as well. 
And that's just that part of it. I mean, you mentioned that they don't have a wide receiver three or four. That matters. They don't have a left guard. That matters. They don't have a solid running situation. That matters. And so they could spend and spend and spend and spend in the offseason. But also remember Marcus Davenport? I mean, not all signings work out. How about Vaughn Miller in Buffalo? It's been a total disaster. If you make one of those big signings that don't work, that then what, right? So there's a lot of uh, pitfalls to trying to do the all-in and we're just going to spend on everybody. And historically, that's usually been a terrible plan uh, for teams. It usually blows up in their face. Uh, now, it worked for the Rams to make some of those trades and to get Jalen Ramsey and so forth. But they were, I think, much closer with their complete roster uh, and also had to trade for some of those players as well. So kind of kind of good luck that you could just trade for the best corner in the game at the time and Vaughn Miller uh, for them and also Odell Beckham. So uh, acquire him as well. That's unusual. But even then, that team was so much closer than this team is right now, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if they if they sign uh, Jefferson and they bring back cousins, that's what they're going to have to do. I just think that that model is very, very tricky and there's no room for error. If you draft a quarterback and you've got more and more cap space and so forth, you've got more room for error to make a mistake. But if you don't, then you better hit on every free agent signing that you do. Yeah. And that kind of brings me to my last point here, which is I'm thinking about the off season and I was listening to a couple friends of the show, Jesse Pierce and Kirsten Kroll. They do a great job with the Bar Down Beauties podcast talking about the Minnesota Wild. And one of the exercises that they did uh, to ring in the new year was to create a vision board. And if you don't know what that is, it's a board that has words, images, and phrases, and they're all supposed to motivate you to go in some certain direction over the year. So I'm thinking about the Vikings, and maybe there's all sorts of things on this board. Maybe there's a picture of Kirko Chains with that quote we were talking about earlier. There's a Creed lyric up in the other corner. Uh, maybe there's an angry picture of Mike Zimmer with like devil horns coming out of his ears and like blacked out teeth or something. You know, what do you think is the biggest word or phrase that would be on Quasi Adolfo Mensa's vision board heading into the offseason? Uh, that's a good one. So, uh, by the way, fun little stat that Kirk Cousins quarterback rating under Mike Zimmer is like seven points higher than it was under Kevin O'Connell. <laughs> kind of funny. Zimmer's kind of the bad funny. guy. Z Zimmer's the bad guy. Remember, D don't forget that. Which is true. But, uh, Gary Kubiak and Kevin Stefanski, who might be a two-time coach of the year, were not bad guys. Yeah. So to your point, uh, what, what is the, uh, what's on Quasi Adafo Mensa? What is this called? A vision board? The vision oh. board. Apparently. Yeah. I, I saw the picture and I was kind of like, well, that's interesting. And then I started thinking of the Vikings because I don't know what their vision is. Yeah. I, I really don't. Uh, so do I have to do this in a bikini like uh, Jesse Pierce does <laughs> some of her content that I see? Um, I, yeah, a little too cold for that. We'll save we'll save that for another episode. But go ahead. I, yeah, I think you'd prefer me in my wolves hoodie than uh, <laughs> than the bikini anyway. So uh, but Jesse does great stuff. I, I, I for me, it has to be something like there's a funny bit that I like to reference on the show from the Conan O'Brien show because I was in college when Conan was great. And he was on like late night. And they used to do this bit that was called the year 2000 and they would talk. It was already after 2000, but they would talk about like in the future in the year 2000. And it would, for me, it would just be a picture of that because it's gotta be about the future. It just has to be. When you look at the NFC North, the Packers have their quarterback. I know Vikings fans are dealing with a lot of coping, but the guy was second in the NFL in touchdown passes. 
and did that in the playoffs, that's just, that, let's be real, that's going to be a problem. And the Lions aren't going anywhere. All their stars are young. They can even get better. Talk about if you're a free agent and you're getting the same money from Detroit, who has more cap space projected than the Vikings right now, if uh, you're, you're going to sign there after what you saw from Four Field, or are you going to sign in Minnesota? Uh, how about Chicago? They're going to draft number one. Guess what? They've got lots of cap space. I mean, it's not just that it hasn't worked. It's it's also the, the things are different because when they decided, we have to keep in mind when they decided to go run it back, there were two teams in the division tanking and Aaron Rodgers was very unhappy. Uh, so, it, right. I mean, that was different than it is now. The division was terrible when they ran it back. I think it was defensible. I wouldn't have, would not have done it, but it was defensible, similar to like signing cousins. It was defensible in 2018. I don't think it is now. How are you supposed to be better than teams that are farther along that took steps back? Even Green Bay took a significant step back, moving on from Devontae Adams, moving on from some of their older players. And maybe you've heard it mentioned on every broadcast or the youngest team in the league, like, well, that's not going anywhere. So you have to adjust accordingly with also who's in your conference, who's in your division. Um, so I would say it's it's got to be some sort of picture of the future, maybe flying cars or whatever. And the crazy thing is that, you know, I guess I would just say for people to keep in mind, because I know there's always Vikings fans who are like, well, I don't want to lose. I guess I would ask what you've been doing since the 70s, but, you know, that's a different story. Uh, it's, think about where Detroit was. Detroit is a good example. Think about where they were, as low as you can be. And even started off last season one and six. What's their record since then? Rebuilding in the NFL does not have to take that long. And if you pick the right quarterback, you go into 2025 really looking for big game hunting and free agency. And, you know, I think that's the way they have to go. And they also look, they've got to hit on draft picks as well. This is another part of this formula. If they had the next wave of guys, if they had the next Daniil Hunter coming, if they had the next Xavier Rhodes, Everson Griffin, uh, maybe they have Eric Hendricks, but he was paired with Eric, uh, Anthony Barr. So that, you know, Hicks is a free agent. If they had the next Linval Joseph, like that's a lot of players that you have to replace to get to that caliber. And they don't have them on the roster now. So the only way to get them is by drafting and then being able to spend. And it's hard to spend when you have the quarterback. So it all kind of comes back there. So I guess I would say, uh, that it should be all about the future. And one more thing I would add is I think the Vikings fans are largely ready for this, uh, that you know, they've been through this and they tried the new coach thing and it worked for a minute until it didn't. Like they started out eight and one. What are they since, right? There's been a lot of losing since that eight and one start. So it was magical for a minute, but it hasn't really been since then. And it's kind of gone right back to how it was. There's got to be severe boredom. And so when we talk about, well, the Wilfs want to fill the stadium, you're going to fill the stadium either way. But I don't think there's anything more exciting than drafting a new quarterback and thinking about what can be. You know, I will speak here as someone who has been a Vikings fan since I was six years old when I saw Randy Moss catching deep touchdowns, which is an exact reason why I probably couldn't do what you do, because my fan hat just I, I can't take it off. It's it's a flaw of mine, but I'm a good writer. I just, you know. Vikings training camp or even watching a game in the press box. It might, you know, a couple of white knuckle moments. Everything with this team has to be difficult. Like the games have to be disguised, 
decided by one score. Every Quasi presser sounds like it's a physics lecture about timelines and time horizons. And what if I told you there was a world there where you could compete and rebuild at the same time? And meanwhile, in Detroit, we got Dan Campbell, who's mesmerized by the freaking wave and their winning division title. Like this team needs to pick, pick a vision, a direction, something. Even if they bring back Kirk Cousins, they do what the Saints did, where they just shoveled a whole bunch of money down the road and just loaded up the roster saying, we're going to ride or we're going to jump in the casket with Kirk Cousins and see how far it can take us. That is what I want out of this offseason. This team, and Quasey mentioned this a little bit, they need to find a way to build a roster that can handle adversity and, you know, not be faced by it. This team needs an easy button. If you remember those commercials, the staples thing where you just hit the easy button, things go off. Like the Vikings haven't had one since like 2017 where they could just go, Defense. Yep. Offense isn't going well. We're going to hit the defense. 1998. Randy Moss. Easy button. The Vikings have one with Justin Jefferson, but they have nothing around it to uh, support that. And if you're going to go ahead and you're going to pay Kirk Cousins $30 million or 40, it's probably going to be closer to 40 million because why wouldn't he take 40 million after all the things that have happened? You need to find a way to get that easy button. Like you said, the division division's getting better. Like the whole landscape of the NFC North has changed so much since they took over. And that's why I was thinking, you know, you mentioned two tanking teams and Aaron Rodgers peel the band. I ate off there. I mean, everybody would shed tears over Adam Thielen, Dalvin cook and all those guys. But I mean, hell, you still probably could have won the division. You could have made the playoffs and maybe you're still like an upper echelon team. Instead, this feels like the same spot we're in two years ago, just spinning our wheels in the snow, so to speak. And the rest of the division's like cruising down the freaking Autobahn right now. It's maddening. So if there's one thing I want out of this offseason, I want the Vikings to pick a direction. Are you going to rebuild or are you going to hit the gas and try and, you know, compete? Yeah, I mean, that's a heck of a rant there. Jump in the casket with Kirk Cousins is another bar, I would say. That was good. Well, you know, that's the way I look at it as well, because you either... And remember, Quasi Daflamenza said, you don't go full Rams. Uh, you're in a position where you either go full Rams without Aaron Donald, which is a big deal when you're talking about going all in. It's not just a guy. It's the greatest defensive player of a generation at the end of his peak. So it's a little different yeah. than just, uh, well, you know, hey, we got Ivan Pace Jr. No disrespect, but he's not Aaron Donald. Um, so you're, in my mind, in a position where that is way more risky and Hey, the Saints are a great example. Kirk Cousins is not playing for five more years. He's probably playing for like two more years. And if you have Drew Brees or Tom Brady, like the Bucks, and you want to go completely nuts with your salary cap and everything else and just push all in uh, down the road, it will absolutely hurt you. It hurts you once before. You've already seen it. That's the funny. The thing about Kirk Cousins is no matter what happens, you've already seen it. You've yeah. already seen it before. We've already seen it. Well, we can mess with the cap. Great. And guess what's going to happen? Then eventually you'll get to the end of that road and go, uh-oh, we're all going to get fired. Because if you don't win in 2018 and 19, you run into 20 and 21 where there's no cap space and you're just flailing at Michael Pierce and hoping it works. And Bashad Breeland, these are your signings, hoping that it works. And you know what? There's 31 other teams that all are drafting players and all are signing free agents and everything else. Sometimes we live so much in our own world that you don't realize like other teams have stuff too. 
Other teams have quarterbacks. Some of them can run for a 52-yard touchdown. Some of them can throw off balance back foot into a tight window 40 yards down the field. Those are the quarterbacks you have to beat. And guess what? Other teams have great receivers. Chicago thinks DJ Moore is the best receiver in the league. And Puka Nakua just broke some Jefferson numbers as a rookie. You're not special. You're not the only one who has this stuff. So I, I don't know why sometimes the Vikings feel like, oh, well, we were that close. You know how many other teams think that? Probably 25. So and some teams actually are and some teams aren't. And I think that there's just so much history that would suggest that moving on from this type of situation and going a new direction, I mean, we could go down the list of teams that are remaining. Buffalo is a great example. Look where they were with Tyrod Taylor at the end of Rex Ryan. Mediocre. And Sean McDermott comes in, they're mediocre. And people can say, well, Kirk is better than Tyrod Taylor. And you could say that, but if you go back and look at Tyrod's last year, he is a top 10 PFF quarterback because the running is different, obviously, Mm -hmm. Uh, a different element of it. Top 10 PFF quarterback they moved on from rather than paying to draft Josh Allen. Lamar Jackson got here because they moved on from Joe Flacco. I mean, there's just, it goes on. The list goes on. So I think there's way more to suggest that that direction works versus the direction of bringing back the quarterback who's kind of done the same thing. And somebody put it really well to me the other day. They said the best possible outcome for bringing back Kirk would be like Philip Rivers in Indianapolis. And I think most people would be like, yeah, he did play for Indianapolis, didn't he? And that's the point. <laughs> I mean, he was fine. He was good. Yeah. And they were eliminated in the first round by a real competing team. And that was that. Have you seen the video online where it's like a whole bunch of like old athletes and like random. So like there's Shaq in his Celtics jersey. There's Hakeem Olajuwon in the Toronto Raptors. Uh, You know, John, I, I don't think he's in the video, but like Joe Namath finished his career with the Chargers. Didn't he, or was that Unitas? Rams, I, I think. The Rams. Yeah. Like he's just sitting there sad on the sideline. Like that is basically it. And I mean, yeah, Kirk's a great guy. Like we've learned that the last two years. We saw the quarterback. We saw everything that has transpired. But I also bring up this point. Kirk Cousins tears his Achilles in Chicago. Are you begging to bring him back? Like that's that's what I was saying, like about the perception and the feeling in general. And was it his fault that they were four and four at that point when he got hurt? It never is. Uh, But, Mm -hmm. you know. Like they were four and four. That was the reality. And and how is this team crazy better than they were last year? And yeah, okay, maybe they fumble less, but maybe more people get hurt or maybe what, whatever. Like you can't control luck from year to year, but why are we riding on luck? I mean, that's the thing, right? Why, what you mentioned it, why you play one score games all the time. It's sort of become this meme like, oh, here we go again. This is fun. <laughs> this is hilarious. One score game. Like, right. Good teams blow people out though. They don't always blow people out, but they usually, I, I looked at this a couple years ago, so it may have changed a tiny bit, but normally teams that make the Super Bowl outscore their opponents in the regular season by a hundred points or more. And sometimes as much as like 200, points. they usually don't hover around plus 10 or, or, or minus eight or play, you know, play every game within this very thin margin because that leaves it up. And, you know, think about this. Uh, as far as the luck goes, this was an incredibly unlucky year for the Vikings. They also were one of the least penalized teams in the league. So if next year the refs decide, oh, well, you know, it's their year to get flagged a lot more, right? And you're leaving it up to the fumbles. You're leading it up to the injuries. You're leaving it up to the refs. You're leaving it up to whatever else. And then at the end of the day, when you get to the playoffs 
and you look across at the other team and they have a better defense that's been stacked over for years, stacked up for years. They have a playmaking quarterback that they drafted and built around and is on his rookie quarterback. And then you go, are we as good as them? How often is that going to be the case? I mean, if you look at what San Francisco is right now and Baltimore, I don't know if they'll win the Super Bowl, but it's the gold standard of a roster to me. Complete, no weaknesses, freaks everywhere, great coaching, everything. If you're short of that, then you got to aim for that. And only that, not, hey, what if we sign Brian Burns to replace Hunter and sign a corner that is cheap, but we're going to argue that he's actually good. Like, hey, I like Byron Murphy, not a difference maker, right? They gave him a decent amount of money. Davenport. Those are the types of things you have to do. You have to make those arguments. Well, the other team has what? Just this unbelievable stacked team. And you're going to make the case that you're beating them. Maybe, you know, two out of 10 times, but most of the time you're going to get eliminated there. So in my mind, if you're Kwesi Adafo Mensa, why did you come here? Did you come here to be a taller Rick Spielman or, or more uh, educated, I guess, Rick Spielman? Yeah. Or did you come here to be your own guy? And I guess whether the ownership wants to let him do that or not, I'm not, I'm not assuming that he doesn't want Kirk back. I'm just saying, why would you do the same thing as the last guy who got fired? I'll never, I'll never, no, actually we're going to mess with the salary cap and sign free agents. Like, no, try again. That's been tried. So as you can see, there's going to be plenty of things going on this off season and you'll be covering them all at purple insider. What's going on at Purple Insider and with the podcast right now? Well, the, a lot of the same thing we're doing right here. Uh, a lot of discussion about this quarterback situation. And, you know, I, I'm going to have a few other fun projects. Uh, I'm working on articles right now, Future of the Vikings, where I look at every player on the roster. So I'm going to make that a video series as well and kind of break down what happened to some certain players. Um, you know, Lewis Seen, Andrew Booth Jr., Brian Asamoah, like what happened to these guys and why they haven't succeeded so far and if they can in the future stuff like that but you know chris you and i both are very used to making this content as we sit and watch other teams in the playoffs so maybe they can change that in the future and where can people follow you on social media so they never miss any of that content that's risky that's risky (laughs) i would say follow the purple insider twitter account uh the uh my usual account tends to get people upset sometimes but It is what it is. (laughs) So thank you, Matthew, for coming on. But that's all the time we got for the Viking Age podcast today. We do this every Monday with a late week episode right here on the Viking Age YouTube channel. And we're on podcast form on Apple and Spotify the very next day. But however you consume us, make sure you rate, comment, like, and subscribe so you never miss a new episode. We can spread the word to the masses. For Matthew Caller, I am Chris Shad. This has been the Viking Age podcast. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.